Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Hey there, how are you? Wednesday, November 20th, Steve Jones Show, News Radio 1070 WKOK, SteveJonesShow.com. Sean Carey here, and Steve will be in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, North 4th Street, Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors, Kia, on the strip, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Lots of ways to get in contact with us. Our email is stevejones at wkok.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Twitter handle at Steve Jones PSU, and subscribe to our podcast. We're on Google Play and the Apple Podcast app. Just search Steve Jones Show, hit subscribe, and the shows will drop right to your smartphone and tablet. You can listen to them anytime, anywhere. And also, we have at least three months of previous shows archived. You will find them at stevejonesshow.com. And coming up on today's show. We'll talk a little baseball today. We first heard, we first told you on the show close to a month ago about the Major League Baseball proposal to fold 42 minor league baseball teams, and that includes the New York Penn League. We will speak with Kevin Reichard. He is the publisher of Ballpark Digest. A Ballpark Digest is on Facebook. You can also find them at ballparkdigest.com. And Kevin has been following this uh, story since day one. So looking forward to Steve's conversation with Kevin Reichert. That's scheduled for 4.06 today. And tomorrow, because he can't wait till Friday, because he's not in the penthouse this week, talking about Steve's brother, Kevin Jones. So we will have our pick segment on tomorrow uh, here at 4.35 on the show. Cleveland Brown star Miles Garrett used a president-based precedent-based argument today during his suspension appeal hearing and citing the NFL's uh, punishment for a former Houston Texans player in 2013, less than a week after being suspended indefinitely for ripping off Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph's helm and clubbing him in the head with it. Garrett and the NFL Players Association met with league officials this morning in New York. Garrett and the NFLPA contended that the worst punishment any player received for a similar incident was Houston's Antonio Smith, who was suspended in 2013 for two preseason games and one regular season game for swinging his helmet at then Miami Dolphins offensive lineman Richie Incognito. The NFL suspended Garrett for the remainder of this season, including any potential postseason games, and announced that he will have to meet with the commissioner's office before being reinstated for 2020. Garrett argued that six games is excessive 
under the precedent established by Smith's suspension, especially because Smith missed only one game check since players aren't paid for preseason games. Garrett and the Players Association also argued that an indefinite suspension is not permitted under the league's CBA. Meanwhile, a representative of the Steelers joined Marquise Pouncey's appeal yesterday in support of the center who was suspended for three games. Steelers believe Pouncey received a three-game ban in order to avoid playing in the rematch against the Cleveland Browns, which will be on December the 1st. Pouncey's side contends that no other on-field fight in NFL history has resulted in a suspension longer than one game, so that would have been an appropriate punishment. Even if reduced from three games to two, Pouncey's suspension would run through that Steelers' second game against the Cleveland Browns. At the same time Garrett's appeal was being heard this morning in New York, Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph walked into a cramped back room of the Steelers team facility with a paper of prepared Mark's remarks in hand and facing media members with his back against a nondescript white wall, Rudolph read aloud from the paper saying that she he should have done a better job maintaining his composure during that late game fight with the Browns and that so far has resulted in three suspensions. Rudolph said I should have done a better job handling the situation. I have no ill will toward Miles Garrett. Great respect for his ability as a player, and I know that if Miles could go back, he would handle the situation differently. As for my involvement last week, there is no acceptable excuse. As Rudolph continues here, the bottom line is, I should have done a better job keeping my composure in that situation and not fall short of what I believe it means to be a Pittsburgh Steeler and a member of the National Football League. Rudolph's tone was a departure from last week's defiant post-game presser where he called Garrett's actions Bush League and cowardly. This time he explained he lost his cool to the second-to-last play of the game when he took issue with Garrett's hit on him. Video of the incident showed Rudolph attempting to dislodge Garrett's helmet by tugging and when asked if that action was contrary to getting the defensive end off of him, Rudolph deferred to his statement. Like I said, the way he took me down late, basically last play of the game, I was just trying to get him off from on top of me. Just figured just the you know game was already locked up. Browns are up two touchdowns. What are you doing? Let's get out of here. Shake hands. Good game. Good luck. Let's move on. Though he cited the earlier hits on wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson in his opening statement, Rudolph said those plays were totally isolated and did not contribute to what he was feeling during the fight. Rudolph said that he did not say anything to provoke Garrett or escalate the situation. In his weekly press conference yesterday, Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin said there was nothing for his team to learn from the incident. Tomlin said... I don't know that we did anything to make it happen anyway in the first place. That's why I said we did not have anything to learn from it. At this point, Rudolph has not been fined for the incident, but a fine is expected, and Rudolph said he would comply with whatever the league hands out. So now we go to a former Pittsburgh Steeler. Jets running back Le'Veon Bell. He has ripped the National Football League for its drug testing policy. Says it's unfairly targeted. This morning he was on social media, on Twitter. Bell said, 
I done had five random HDH blood tests in 10 weeks. Adds that he wants the league to concentrate on finding those who are violating the rules and to stop coming after him. The former Steelers running back was suspended two games in 2014 after he was charged with marijuana possession and DUI. That was when he and then-Pittsburgh Steelers running back LeGarrette Blunt was in a vehicle heading to the Pittsburgh airport to a preseason game. 2016, Bell was suspended four games for missing a drug test. New York Jets coach Adam Gase said he was aware of the social media post that Bell posted. Gase said that Bell never said anything to him about it. It's something out of our control. Bell's drug test made news at the start of training camp. He was pulled out of practice consecutive days to take league-mandated tests. And at the time, the Jets said Bell was hit with multiple tests because he skipped the voluntary portion of the off-season program when the testing began. The NFL is not directly involved with testing, according to a league spokesman. It's a collectively bargained policy between the Players Association and the NFL. The policy states players not in reasonable cause testing should not be subject to more than six blood tests per calendar year. Looking at his stats, Bell, 27, having the worst season of his career, playing behind a shaky offensive line. Six different lineup combos so far. Bell has rushed for only 508 yards on 161 carries. That's an average of 3.2 a carry. Has 46 receptions, tied for second on the team. He has four touchdowns. That also ties the team lead. The Jets made Le'Veon Bell the centerpiece of their offense during the offseason spending spree, signing him to a four-year, $52.5 million contract, including $27 million guaranteed. And as Alabama head coach Nick Saban continues to monitor the progress of injured quarterback Tua Tagovailoa, he's turning his attention to the next man up, redshirt sophomore Mac Jones. Saban said this morning during the SEC teleconference, he's emphasized to Jones that his role has changed with Tua out for the season following season-ending hip surgery and that he has to become a leader and in command now. You're not a sparring partner anymore, Saban said, he told Jones. Okay, I apologize. I apologize to you. I was Mr. Ham and I had something we had to work out. No problem. Just getting everybody caught up on some football headlines, all good. No, Mr. Ham and I had to work this out. I will now read to you the text I received. Mm, okay. This has to do with travel. Now remember, Jack is—he's—he's he's going to drive. You know, to Columbus. Yes. Okay. Friday afternoon. Great one. Would you like to throw caution to the wind and drive with me, or uh, to the horseshoe, or should I give Bobby my car and go on the bus? So I called him up and I said, okay, now, you know the story the last time, right, that we did this. Do you know the story? Out driving out to Ohio State, or was this the drive to Maryland or the drive to Rutgers? Or No, 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 no. Okay. This is, was this two years ago the, to Ohio State? It was the 8 o'clock game four years ago, I think. Okay. Okay. So the game's at 8 o'clock. We're on at 6.30. We're staying up in Dublin. Jack says, hey, let's go over together. I says, yeah, that'd be great. Let's go. So Jack's got his car. He said, what time do you think we should leave? I said, I think 4 o'clock. Okay. 
So we get in the car, and we're we're having no issue. Now we're driving down, boom, we get on the highway, we get to go down 315, we go 315, and I'm looking at the back of the pass, and there's directions on the back of the pass, the back of the media pass, as to where to go and which exit. We get to the exit. It's blocked. What? Now we have to figure out where to go because the exit that is specified on the pass, we have directions and a map, and we're both looking at it, and we know this is the exit. It's blocked. Okay. Now, again, we left at 4 o'clock. We're on at 6.30. So at this moment, we're okay. All right? So Jack goes down to the next exit which is near the basketball arena. When we get off at that exit, now we're crawling in traffic. When we get to a certain point, we get to this street, and I said, Jack, hey, make a right here. I said, we've got to get ourselves closer to the stadium. I said, make a right. This is the back side of the Schottenstein Center. I said, the Jack Nicholas Museum is on just like halfway between here and the arena. I said, so I, said, I know where we are. He goes, okay, good. So we get on there. Fine. That's the right move to make. Then we, they won't let us through to where we need to go. I'm like, oh, for crying out loud, I said, all right, make a left on Lane Avenue. So now we're in Lane Avenue. We're listening to the Michigan-Michigan State game. Well, now, as I mentioned, we left at 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock now has become 5 o'clock, which is now has become 5.30. And we're crawling down Lane Avenue. The stadium is on our right we're we're there. We're not you know, we're not miles away. Okay? It's right in our we're we're literally a block away. But we're on Lane Avenue and that's not where our parking spot is. So we get to the end of the street. I want to say it was High Street. We have to make a right on High Street. And as we're sitting there at the light making ready to make a right, the buses go by. <laughs> we look at each other and go Oh, God, this is bad. (laughs) The police cars, the buses, the whole thing. So Jack says, what do we do? I said, make a right here. I said, then make your first right and go down the back alley. I said, because we stay at the Blackwell for basketball, the hotel, which is right next to the stadium. So I know that area very well. I said, go down the alley. That'll take us next to the Blackwell. So that's what we do. We make a right. And we go down, and we get up to the black wall. Now, I know we're going to encounter a problem here. So this is our, I, mean, I already knew what I told Jack. I said, look, they said they are going to stop us. I said, they are going to stop us. I said, but we're going to have to get through this thing. So police officers there, we get stopped. So we're in front of the black wall. Now, we are literally now less than 100 yards away from the stadium. But it's also 615. <laughs> We're on at 6.30. Remember, we left at 4. So we didn't exactly leave at 5.30 and jaunt over there. We left at 4. And the police officer says, you know, you're going to have to go out here. You're going to make a left. You're going to be down here. And I said, officer, officer, I said, we're the Penn State broadcast team, and we're on at 6.30. And he says, this is literally what he says. You, you get Steve Jones and Jack Ham. He said, yeah. He goes, and he yells at the other officer. He says, 
Steve Jones, I can't Penn State broadcasters open it up. <laughs> I, I felt like, oh, thank you, thank you. I wrote a letter of thanks, right? Hey, so that's why he says, do you want to throw caution to the wind? So I called him up, and I said, Jack, Jack, Jack. I said, look, I said, this is just my personal opinion. I said, but the last time we did this, it was an 8 o'clock start, which meant 105,000 people had all day to filter in, correct? He goes, yeah. I said, this is a noon start with 105,000 people all trying to get there at the same time. I said, there's something about the security of a police escort that feels really good. (laughs) And he says, I see it your way. We'll take the bus. He says, "He says, I just can't believe you don't want to drive with me." I said, "Too important to drive with you." I said, "This has to do with getting there on time." I said, "If the team's late, okay. If we're late, it's because the team's late, and they can't start the game without the team. So I feel much better." <laughs> Because Rogers, because he'll give the he'll give his car to Bobby, Bobby and Roger. You know, Roger's going to leave at three in the morning. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> I think that way Jack's car is there. Over I under one cup of coffee, he'll be on by the time you guys get there. Oh, oh my good, Roger. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, we've had some noon games on the road where, like, we walked in, he was hooked up intravenously. <laughs> <laughs> More coffee, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, we were trying to solve that problem. I believe we've now solved it. All now, right. you, helped it, you helped us solve it with your patience. Yeah, no problem. But we solved the problem. Plus, there are other, a couple of other problems that we also solved as well. We're in a problem-solving mode today. Uh, minor League Baseball, I, I saw you send an email. He's going to have to yeah, just change phones. Who cares? Absolutely. That's a, okay. Well, okay, so. I, well, when I texted him back, I didn't say uh, who cares, but it's like, hey, we're, we're fine. That's fine. the least of our worries. We're good. Now, of course, in a week like this, you're getting. I'm getting a lot of requests, all right? And let's see. And, you know, several, there have been several, you know, like Sirius wants you on, some station in Columbus wants you on, somebody on. Well, this station in Atlanta, okay? Um, can you join us 3.15 tomorrow? No. Can you join us at 5.30 tomorrow? No. Uh, how about Friday afternoon? No. How about Friday evening? No. <laughs> You go through like all these things. Excuse me. I got a James Franklin show. I'm traveling. Boy, I said I'm traveling. I go to James show. Right. I'd like to go out and eat. <laughs> all right. So finally, I text the back. Says, "How about five ten tomorrow?" Oh, that's great. <laughs> I just do it in my car driving over to practice. We'll just do it that way. <laughs> oh. Today or tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow. Oh, okay. I think I got one. I think I got one tonight at five thirty. I think is this the station in Atlanta with our our buddy, longtime friend Mike? That that day or is it yeah. or is it another one? Okay, yeah. yeah, it wasn't Mike, but it's his station. Gotcha. What time do these people want me on? 
535 today. Okay, that's fine. I can do that. That's Akron. Uh, let's see. And then there's three of them on Friday morning. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> it's, it, there's something about going over to the airport, getting on the plane where they can't reach you. Yes. <laughs> that you find refreshing. <laughs> I'll never forget when I got the job, the football job. Obviously, it's a big deal. So they're the long list of interviews, like one TV interview, radio interview, newspaper. I completely understand it, and you say yes to everybody. right? But I'll never forget we had a road game at Indiana in basketball. I remember I'd known for days. I mean, they, they did not, you know, they just didn't announce it for almost a week. I knew, right? Uh, you know, because I'd already said yes, or you know, signed everything for a week. So for a week, I'm just going along happy as a lark. Hey, great, great, wonderful, right? Right. Well, then this coming, of course, then boom, you get two days of you know Monday, Tuesday, right? I remember getting on the plane going, oh, this is the most peaceful <laughs> we could fly that thing back. Why don't we circle for a while? We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WK. Okay. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applications factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us. Kevin Riker was joining us at 406 today. We'll talk about the minor league baseball proposal that they're negotiating. I'll bet that's going to be a comfortable winter meeting in San Diego when everybody's together at once. On baseball ballparkdigest.com. Next week, by the way, we'll be doing our show in Brooklyn. Okay, but <laughs> We're this close to the Macy's Parade. <laughs> so Bob Taylor, who's been engineering our games, uh, after the talk show on Tuesday night next week, Bob and I are going to drive. And I, I'll be driving. We'll take my car. We're going to drive to Brooklyn. And we have to drive. We can't go with the team. There's no getting right. Can't go with the team next week because the team is not coming back till Saturday. Obviously, Saturday, there's a football game here that we have to be back for to broadcast. So as soon as the game's over on Friday, whatever time they may be, we have to drive back. 
And the um, and so Bob says to me, he says, what about the Macy's Parade? I said, you want to go to the Macy's Parade? I said, really? He goes, yeah. He said, we're really close. I said, hey, that's why God created cabs and Uber. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to that. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to that. <laughs> I, 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 said, I said, really, I said, I, I appreciate whatever anybody wants to do, and you think that's fun? I said, go for it. I said, but Bob, I don't. I said, I'm not going to go. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to go over to the Macy's Parade. And, and part of it is, you have to find a place to park. I mean, it's new. It's Manhattan. Well, I'm going to pay $60 to park so I can watch, you know, Snoopy float over my head? <laughs> I don't think so. And Garfield. Uh, and SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, wait a minute. I might change my mind now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there was one or two that was on Bob's radar or something. I don't know. Well, no, I, I completely understand this. Oh, for a lot of people, uh, it's okay. a great Thanksgiving morning I, tradition. Uh, sure. For example, it, you know, the Rose Bowl. I've gone to the Tournament of Roses Parade. Okay, now I've been to the Rose Bowl, what, three times, right? So the first time I walked up and for t- five minutes I stood at a corner and watched and went, okay, fine. Now the next time I went in 2008, and I had a prime seat with the TV cameras literally behind me. And it was a great experience. Not a good experience. It was a great experience. But the next time Penn State played in the Rose Bowl three years ago, okay, I didn't I didn't, didn't go and had no desire to go. Why? Because I'd already gone and enjoyed it, but that was it. I'd, I fought the traffic, the whole deal, and... That's fine. I was just there to do the football game at that point. And, by the way, that's what made me happy. In other words, I'd already done this before. And since I'd done it before, I was like, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, on your list, like, okay, did that. That was awesome. So the last time they went, I just went to, I just did the football game. And that's exactly what I wanted to do, was just the football game. It's the same thing with this. I, you know, uh, the Macy's parade. Now it's a little bit. I remember it was chilly when I went up there. The because uh, we had to be there early. It'd be like we had to be there at like five or six in the morning or something like that. Well, it's the same thing with this. You're talking about Thanksgiving in Manhattan. It's a little chilly, and so I said to Bob, I says, I don't know. I'm not so sure I don't want to do that. So I told Bob, I said, Uber, cab, train, go for it. Hey, I, we could take the train over. But Sean, no. <laughs> I'm doing it. Get realistic here. Come on. Okay, I get, I'm driving Tuesday night. I'm going to get there probably after midnight because we have to do the talk show on Tuesday first. So I can't leave earlier than that. Then I have to do the show on Wednesday, then go right into the Barclay Center and do the game. And then I've got another game to get ready for for Friday. And, of course, I won't know the opponent until the second game's over with. 
and then I got to get in the car, drive back, and I've got to game the game with Rutgers on Saturday. Now the Rutgers game will be prepared ahead of time, so I'll be in good shape there. That that that'll be no issue. Issue, but I've got three games in a in four days. And the discussion was brought up hmm. last Saturday at the Tom McGrath tailgate. Gary Golshevsky, curator. Double G. Super G. That was the burning question, whether you would be coming home for Thanksgiving and then shooting back to Brooklyn. Uh, believe it or not, part of that's going to depend on James Franklin. Because I do have to do the pregame show with him, and there's no way I can do it. Um, yeah. Uh, if we can work it out so James can do it on Monday or Tuesday, boom. If not, if I have to do it on Thursday, I will drive back and do it, then I'll drive back to Brooklyn. I mean, these are things, I mean, these are things you have to do. But I don't want to broach the subject with anybody yet. Let's get through this weekend. Then I'll bring it up with Chris Peterson, see what she thinks, and we'll go from there. That's for next week. I mean, let me ask you this question. How much sleep do you think I'm losing over? Uh, let me see. None. Exactly. That's right. I'll do what needs to be done, but they, you know, but they have to understand that, hey, guys, look, I can make certain things work, but it also is going to take a, an extraordinary, extraordinary effort on my part to do it. Now, could we get maybe Matt McGloin to do it? I don't know. But, look, we'll cross that bridge on Sunday. Okay, At that point, I'll bring it up to Chris. Hey, can we do this Monday or Tuesday? Is he going to do the show Tuesday? Because next week they're not in class. There's no class next week. So you're going to, for people going to quarterback club next Wednesday, I can tell you right now, the possibilities are endless. Like, say, Sean Clifford, Jan Johnson. I mean, they can get anybody in the pool they want because nobody's in class next week. So if you've never been to State College Quarterback Club or can only go to one this year, right. that would be the one next week. That would be one. They'll probably have like a Thanksgiving dinner too. But yeah. my point being, does, does James move practice up a little bit on Tuesday and then do the show? I don't know. And I'm not going to bring it up now. Hey, by the way, what are you going to do about next week? Uh, you're playing Ohio State this week. I mean, I don't think you bring it up. It's just my... No. no just... Oh, I would. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he's got to make sure his itinerary is up to the second, you know, X number of days in advance. Yeah. I just bring up that stuff to you. I, I just bring it up to you when I think of it because, well, you know, just then I'm kind of on, then I'm kind of aware and my head's on the swivel. Then when we circle around to that, then next week, then I'm kind of aware of what could happen, what may not happen. Then I'm not blindsided. So that's that producer gene that now I've inherited <laughs> and, and yeah. built up here in the last three and a half years. And, you know. Yeah, it's, and that's. Um, I'll look for a concrete answer this very minute, but then you just kind of open up the window a crack, then you're just kind of prepared then when something pops no, up next I mean, week, then you know. And look, and Chris Peterson's well aware of what my schedule is. And she you is know. phenomenal. She is takes care oh, of it to is, a T. She is phenomenal. She yeah. does a great job. And again, 
I'll bring it up to her probably Sunday when I see her practice or something. I'll bring it up. I say, hey, I just want to make sure you know, Chris, I'm not here Wednesday. Because they already know I'm not doing the quarterback club Wednesday. I did not announce it at the quarterback club today. Um, Brian Tripp's filling in for me. If the game had been at 7.30 at night, like Penn State had the second game on Wednesday, I probably would have done the quarterback club then driven. Right. But because the game's at 5 and we're on at 4.30, well, it's a little bit different. And when the basketball team was out of the country for the tournament last year, before Thanksgiving, Tripper took care of that for you, too, at quarterback club. Yes, so yes he did. Not his first rodeo. Uh, by the way, quick note uh, on Bucknell. I like Bucknell's team. I think Nathan – I thought Nathan coached a heck of a game last night. Mm, what happened, though, in the second half? It's like, wow. Well, what ha- what happened in the second half is Penn State knuckled down and played defense. I mean, that's that's the way Penn State's been playing defense this year. Remember, Georgetown could do nothing with them. Right? Remember, Georgetown did nothing with Penn State. They, they did nothing with them. The only the only way Georgetown did anything was like on the press running around doing whatever they could to disrupt Penn State. When they got into a half court set, Penn State was. It's funny. It's the perceptions of people are get to the point where it's perception and not reality. Thus, it becomes comical. I'm watching the tape. And, oh, Georgetown's got athletes. Like, have you even seen them play? Of course, of course, people haven't seen them play. So I'm watching the tape and so. You know, and I said to Dick Girardi, I said, I said, I watched the tape. I said, am I wrong to think that Penn State's 10 points better in this team? He goes, no. Well, then we watched the game. And I'll be honest with you. In watching the game, sitting right there at courtside, Penn State was 25 points better than Georgetown. They were 25 points better. Now, the turnovers kept it to 15. But they were 25 points better than that team. Now they play last night. And Nathan, I think Nathan... When you get into a situation like he was in last night, as a coach, when you've got multiple problems to deal with, you try to make a bet as to, look, we'll, we'll commit ourselves to making sure we take one of the problems away. Penn State had been double digits in three-point makes the opening three games of the season. So Nathan made the bet, let's go out and make sure we we guard the perimeter. Well, Penn State hit five threes last night, Now, they, but they only took 16. Well, that meant more than the fair share of singles for Watkins and Stevens inside. And again, sometimes we have to make a bet the house wins. But I thought he made the right call. I thought Nathan made the right call. You can see Bucknell's really, really well coached. Look at the offensive spacing, how they attack. But this is a particular year where I just think Penn State might be that good. We'll find out as it plays out. They've got Yale Saturday, and then next week they have Old Miss on Wednesday, which we just referenced, and either Syracuse or Oklahoma State. But believe me, Bucknell fans, Nathan Davis is doing a heck of a job. I think you've got a really good team. Newman's going to be a really good player in the post, the Roman Catholic kid. He is. He's a good-looking player. Getting a tumor. Tumor comes back against Canisius. He has 20. You're saying, what happened to him last night? This happens all the time when a guy comes off an injury. You're coming off an injury, and the adrenaline gets going. And usually that second and a little bit of the third game, yeah, right now you're kind of, okay, they kind of 
falls back in again. And you're not, the adrenaline isn't flowing as much. And that happens. I, we see that all the time. Usually that second, third game. Then they get back to being who they are. And Toomer is going to, is going to be a really good player. I thought Funk, Funk's a good-looking player. Moore is a senior that helps them a lot. Um, I, I thought Jimmy Sotos played a really nice floor game last night. So Bucknell's going to be just fine. Just fine. And when they get to the Patriot, Colgate and Bucknell will be the class of the Patriot again. Did not get a chance to talk to Nathan. Talked to Doug last night. And talked to uh, Pat Flannery last night. Pat's a heck of a guy. Oh, my God, really. You know, I think the world of Doug. Uh, Pat Flannery, though, Great talking to him. He and Doug, we had we had a really great talk before the game, and you know your name came up, and mm. and uh, you know, and uh, trying to think of anybody else's name came up. Okay. Uh, no, everybody decided no. to have a good time. Okay. No. All right, so, okay. But no, it was a great opening night a couple of weeks ago hearing Pat Flannery on the broadcast oh. courtside with Doug Birdsong. That was a terrific listen. And uh, from what we hear, Pat will be on some other basketball radio broadcast uh, on down the line through the season. So they'll they'll get that lined up. That's from that was Doug telling Pat, me that personally. So I can tell you that Pat Flannery, terrific coach, even better guy. Yeah, you know? and so yeah, of course you know I think the world of Doug anyway. I think Doug does an awesome job. Jason Horowitz and I were talking about Doug yesterday. All good, by the way. All good. <sighs> Yeah, you know, we could say that about you, Sean. Kevin will be on the show this week. Let's see, is there anybody else? Well, Lawrence is a great guy. Catrillo is awesome. Aces. Elio for a Mets fan. <laughs> and a Jets fan. And Jets fan, great yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, Chief, great guy. Are we missing anybody? The award winner? Breadwinner? Yeah, but he's a self-promoter. We'll come back with more in a moment. (laughs) (laughs) On News Radio 1070 WKOK. Planes, trains, and automobiles, man. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You do everything you can to make all the parts fit together, you know? It's <laughs> especially at this time of the year when you're when you're doubled up. Uh, now the suit we'll be doing the uh, Bucknell football broadcast this week in the Bronx when they take on Fordham. Because Doug will be at the Carrier Dome for Syracuse at noon. Saturday in Eagle 107, and I believe Bucknell football will be on 100.9 The Valley. Correct, Amundo. Couple of these pegger touching. <laughs> and uh, Penn State football on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Uh, game day is going to be at Ohio State. Supposedly, there's a petition to keep game day away from Ohio State by the Ohio State fans. Why? Because they think they're A2 pro-SEC. 
and B, Desmond Howard from Michigan's on the broadcast. Conversely, Fox is going to have its pregame show, which is normally an hour, except they're going to do two hours. Fox will do two, uh, both hours, two full hours inside the stadium. Game day will move from outside to inside the stadium for the final hour. Okay. <laughs> Plus, Big Ten Network's going to be there with their pregame show. How does one is overkill one word or two? <laughs> Must be a big game. Well, Jack Cam and I have the best seats in the house, so it's our job to. Do the best we can to deliver the goods. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf.